For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett, all alone on this Monday, April what? What is it? April 4th? April 4th, 2022. Just me, no Bradley Sal. He'll be back on Wednesday. But I got two guests. I'm talking to Mike Clement, Ole Miss baseball hitting coach, because Ole Miss baseball is fresh off a series win at Kentucky, bouncing back a little bit at least from that sweep at the hands of Tennessee, that overwhelming, bad, ugly, ugly sweep at the hands of Tennessee. And then I got Jordan Watkins, Ole Miss football wide receiver, transfer from Louisville, back on an exclusive NIL partner of the Ole Miss spirit is Jordan Watkins. And he's back today on the podcast to talk about what? Spring football practices. Why? Because they scrimmaged on Saturday for the first time this spring. And he knows all about what's going on with Jackson Dart, Luke Altmaier, who leads potentially how the offense has come along, how everybody's looked. It's a full Ole Miss spring football practices breakdown by Jordan Watkins on this edition of Talk of Champions. And we're brought to you by Thomas Chandler. If you're looking to get right for retirement or savings or whatever you need, Thomas Chandler, he's the one you should call. Thomas offers financial security for you and your family through life insurance, financial planning, and financial services. It's time to get rid of your financial burden. Contact Thomas Chandler at 662-296-0186. This is Talk of Champions. We go now to the phone line, the Talk of Champions phone line, to speak to Ole Miss hitting coach Mike Clement. Hey, buddy, what's up? Hey, how are you? This sounds like some new words there at the beginning of this thing. Let's not get into the weeds of that. We sometimes okay. like right. fall off the wagon really early, right. and we can't ever yeah. recover. But yes, there were All some right. added things in the intro. Still, Mike Clement is a regular guest on Talk of Champions. And this weekend, y'all won at Kentucky, won the series, two out of three. And the offense kind of came to life on Sunday, 10-1, to 1, to clinch that series. First of all, what were your general takeaways from the weekend? Um, anytime you can win on the road in our league and it sounds like complete coach speak, but somebody, somebody told me this is the first time we have won our first two road series in league play since 2010. So, I mean, and, and think about how many good teams there have been at Ole Miss since 2010. And so that, that paints the picture of how hard it is to win on the road and, uh, in our league. And so, uh, you know, from the 30,000 foot view, We'll, t- we'll take winning a winning a road series and, and having back-to-back road series wins. Um, the if you get into the weeds of it, uh, especially from my perspective, you know I and I can't. This is hard to quantify, so you got to be careful saying things. But like, what what made me nervous is that Tennessee was going to beat us two weekends in a row. And what I mean by that is, you know, are you gonna are you gonna allow um, Tennessee's arms who shut us down? Um, and are you going to allow 
yourself to feel bad and go get beaten Lexington because, because of how poorly we played or how poorly we swung the bats against Tennessee. And, and I felt like that, that played into it a little bit. We were lucky to get an incredible pitching performance on, on, on Friday. And then, and then, you know, didn't show up, didn't play well on, on Saturday, but then finally, like you said, broke out yesterday and really swung the bats well against, you know, possibly their best starter. And um, it was, it was a little bit, bit, bit more of who we are. This offense coming into the year, everyone said one of the best in the country. So when it struggles for stretches, like getting shut down against Tennessee, first couple of games, it was spotty as heck at Kentucky. Come out of yeah. it a little bit on Sunday. What do you take away as the hitting coach? What do you kind of try to pinpoint? Uh, I think it's I think it's a little bit more about and, and typically with a really good offense like we have, you you have maybe one guy scuffling um, and. Tennessee obviously completely shut us down. I think that's going to happen a lot with, with, with Tennessee's opponents this year, this year. I think you saw uh, the same thing happen. Vanderbilt scored less runs than we did over the course of this past weekend. And, and they have a really good offense. I think it's more of a product of Tennessee's arms than it is, you know, somebody else's offense. But with that said, um, our expectations are that we're able to hit whoever, you know, shows up. And so, um, I think a lot of it was about confidence and, and it's the first time a lot of these guys in a long time have really gotten punched in the mouth collectively. Um, and so, you know, I, 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 it took us a little bit longer to, 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 to bounce back um, than it should have. And so, uh, you know, the encouraging thing was yesterday that, um, you know, there were some, there were some long faces there after, after Saturday you know, evenings uh, loss after we got back to the hotel and really proud of the, the character of our guys to be able to bounce back. And after really being like you said, nicely, probably spotty the first two days, um, but to bounce back and uh, whatever the, the, the term is, bow their neck or whatever it is, and, and really give us a really good performance uh, rolling through Sunday and, and getting a road series win. There's been a lot of good with the offense, uh, a lot of things you expected. The power's been there, yeah. some on base. With what you thought this offense was going to be, returning so much, second-year performances out of a T.J. McCants, guys like that, Did it has it surprised you that it's been a little up and down? Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and I think the main thing, um, the, main, the main critical point for me as the hitting coach is it's, it's, a, it's a similar offense to, to a year ago, almost identical as far as the personnel goes. And I think the, the frustrating thing a little bit early on here is in our losses, um, we, we haven't swung the bats. And so um, if you remember a year ago, you know, we had several games where, uh, you know, we got down early big. I, I remember the Arkansas game. I remember the LSU game. Um, and some of them in games that we ended up losing, but we were able to muddy it up. And what I mean by muddy it up is we were able to, uh, you know, somebody gets out to a seven, nothing lead and we get beat, but it's nine to seven or in the Arkansas series, it was 11 to nothing. We end up coming back, tying the game up and getting beat like 18 to 14, some crazy score. Um, and we just haven't done that yet. You know, we've gotten punched in the mouth a little bit, uh, and just haven't recovered in, in those games in particular. Now the games in between and the bulk of them, we score and we score a lot. Um, but we want to be more than just a momentum offense. When things are going well, we can really ambush you. Um, and I think it's probably more 
hey, when we get down early, can we grind out at bat and muddy the water and make it one of those ugly baseball games that the casual observer that's not a fan of either team would be like, man, this is a long game and complain about baseball being four hour game as a hitting coach. That's kind of what you want in, the, in, in, in those games. And we just haven't done that in our losses. As far as guys with upside and TJ McCance is probably going to be one, but guys with upside that can really key a turnaround for more consistent offense that you're expecting coming to the year. Who are those guys? Well, I think the first guy is, is Chatagnier, who, who just hasn't swung it well. And, and he's a little bit hot and cold, but, um, you know, he's the guy that I think can, can, can steady things out a little bit. Obviously, getting Graham back um, will, will be key because, you know, I said on, on this podcast before, probably in the fall and early spring, I felt like we had two of the best five hitters in, in the league with, with Graham and Gon. Uh, getting him back really stretches things out. And you, you think, well, it's just one guy. And that is true. It is just one guy, but it really pushes guys out of positions maybe that you don't want them in. Um, but in, in direct answer to your question, I guess McCants to a lesser degree, he's been pretty good. Um, but, but you're right. He'll, he'll, he'll have his spurts as well. Um, but, but, but probably Chatagnier would be, would, would be number one. Um, just because everyone else has some, really loud strengths if you look at the stat line whether it be like you said on base plug um and and whereas whereas he's he's scuffled in that area is the reason why justin bench and i know you don't make out the lineup you don't have the sharpie but is the reason why you think justin bench has always batted this season in a critical lineup position second or third is because he's been just the most consistent yeah no i think that that's that's an accurate statement and you know, he gets on base. He has like, he is, he is, uh, just very, very steady. I think, yeah, I think you said it exactly right. And I think it's, uh, it's exactly why he's hitting in those spots. And furthermore, uh, it's hard with Graham out the last month. It's hard to, to remove him from one of those spots. I don't know where else we turn, um, to, to put guys. I mean, you could remove him from the two, but then he needs to go to the three. You could remove him from the three and he needs to go one or two. Uh, kind of to your point, with Graham out, he has to be in one of those spots just because he is, you know what you're going to, um, and he is going to be very, very steady. Has Calvin Harris hit his way into the lineup every day yet? Uh, I was really, uh, people don't know this, I was late to your to your podcast uh, from our normal calling time because uh, I was having a discussion in the office about that very that very thing. Oh, breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> Mike Clement part. reporting. Hold on, Mike. I got to do the report. <laughs> Mike Clement reporting. Calvin Harris will be an everyday player for Ole Miss Baseball moving ben, forward. To you, Mike. And this is Ben Garrett putting words in Mike Clement's mouth. <laughs> anyway, um, the, the hard part with Cal, I think the answer to that would be yes, and a resounding yes prior to now had he not had the oblique issue. And, and, uh, that's the hard part is he got fully released basically right before the Tennessee series. Um, but man, when you go a month without taking at bats, uh, it's hard to just, Hey, we're going to roll this guy out there against a guy throwing 96 miles an hour. I don't think that's fair to him or fair to us Has a great midweek game. Um, and then, you know, obviously Kentucky starts two out of three left. And I think we're still trying to work him in and get at bats. Um, and put him in a position to have success. But I don't think he's too far from being exactly what you just said.
How do you fix Hayden Dunhurst? Uh, he's the guy that I felt pretty good about coming into this weekend, um, that he had started to, to build a little foundation, was taking some walks, had that really good game against Tennessee there in that Sunday game where he hit a ball out of the yard, had a few hits, was able to take a walk, and he is still taking the walks. We just got to be a little more consistent. What he has, uh, I think the first thing to fix, if, if fix is the right word, is he has missed too many fastballs. And uh, he just hasn't gotten to the fastball. So the way to fix hitting the breaking ball is to dominate the fastball. And we have some guys that are like that. Um, guys that just take away somebody's, they may not swing and they may not swing at the, the breaking ball. Great, but they are going to dominate the fastball. And he just hasn't done that. Um, and so some of it is pitch selection. Some of it is just missing fastballs, but I think we got to get back when he's good. He is going to a, attack the fastball and man, you become a much better breaking ball hitter. If you can, if you can really attack the fastball, that's the weeds of an approach. But um, I think that's the simple answer to, to the question. Going to get right back to Ole Miss hitting coach, Mike Clement in this edition of talk of champions. After we hear briefly from BNA bank, a proud sponsor of talk of champions. BNA Bank is celebrating 125 years of local banking. For generations, BNA Bank has been a stable fixture in Northeast Mississippi, supporting and investing in our local small businesses, local schools, local community events, local charities, and so much more. At BNA Bank, we believe in our local communities, businesses, and organizations because we are a local business, too. Thank you for choosing to bank local with BNA Bank. I know you're the hitting coach, but from a coaching staff perspective, what did y'all learn about the rotation this weekend? Dylan DeLucia was really good on Friday, and that's kind of what yep. you signed him to be in November, right? I know not just you, but Mike and you and Carl. Sure. Yeah, no, no, you're exactly right. Um, it's funny because uh, our approach, uh, and I don't want to put words in, in Mike and Carl's mouth, but our approach coming into the Kentucky series was, I don't know if I would call them openers, but hey, we're gonna we're gonna look at what Kentucky is, and Clint. we're gonna throw the guys out there. And and what what they told our pitching staff was, um, be as good as good as you can for as long as you can, and then we're gonna get you out. That may Clint. mean four outs. That's an opener. Just say it. It's an opener. It's okay. It is. But what it turned into uh, with Delucia was an opener, and he looked like the normal. Hey, now he's just gonna be our Friday starter. Mm -hmm. uh, the same thing's gonna happen this weekend. We're gonna look at Alabama. Uh, we're going to see what they are and we're going to throw the guys that give us the best chance to have success. We felt like with Kentucky, uh, just to explain it to everybody that man, the guys who had depth to their breaking ball, meaning more up and down as opposed to side to side, we're going to have success against Kentucky. Um, and that is why you got what you got out of us as far as who started the game. Uh, or who ran out there first. All three of those guys have some depth to their breaking ball. They can throw their fastball in there. Um, and all three of them had varying degrees of success. I guess Elliot had the least amount of success, but he still wasn't bad. Um, if we if we do a few things a little bit differently uh, defensively, uh, make a couple plays, uh, I think he has a different fortune there. Um, and then obviously the other two guys, they're – their stat line speaks for itself um, where they had success. But, uh, you know, I thought, I thought they did really well, but that's not to say that it's going to be the same three rolling out there in the same order this week. And we're going to see what Alabama is. Um, and, you know, we're going to roll out there the guys who give us the best chance to have success. What is Alabama on this Monday as we record? 
Uh, I think they're really good. It's funny. They have, I think the same record as us in the league, but they have lost some really, really close games. Uh, I think it's probably the best team that coach Bohannon has had since he's been there. Um, one through five, I think they're really good offensively. Uh, it drops off a little bit after that. And then it's some pitchability guys. They got a junior college transfer transfer. That's been thrown on, on Fridays. Uh, they're going to, they're going to be strike throwers. I don't know that it's going to be like premium, premium stuff. Um, as, as far as that goes. Um, but, but they're strike throwers and they give, they give themselves a chance, um, a chance to win. They, they won a big series at home this past weekend against Texas A&M. Uh, and they played really well. They've been in, been in every series. Now let's break them down. Cause you're a part of this as the hitting coach, you're looking at Alabama's hitters too, to help form the pitching strategy for the weekend. I'm not asking you necessarily for what guys are going to be starting because of what you're going to be pinpointing for Alabama, but what are you looking for when you are breaking down an opponent? As far as when you're utilizing openers, what are you looking yep. for? Because you're trying to match it up. Yeah. I think the first thing uh, is lefts and rights, what their strengths are as far as splits go. Uh, I think that's kind of where, where you start and then try to get a feel for, Hey, can you beat these guys with fastball? Is it location of fastball that wins or do they dominate the fastball? And is it secondary stuff that wins? Because obviously we have different looks as far as like, if they're a team that, that struggles with the, uh, again, not to get too technical, like, uh, the induced vertical break, meaning a really good fastball that plays well at the top of the zone with really good extension, like Jack Doherty has, then I think that's a little bit different look than a guy like we, like we talked about with this past weekend with Kentucky, that they struggle a little more with spin and spin with depth. Now you're talking about Delucia, you're talking about Elliott uh, and even Washburn. So I, I think that's kind of what we're looking at as far as the analytics go and what they struggle with and how they swing it against uh, certain pitches with guys, you know, that give us that from the mound standpoint that will go out there and give us a chance to be in the game uh, at least one time through the order. So from this point forward, it's fair to say that this is what it's going to be announcing starters every weekend, depending on the scouting report. Uh, I think for the time being, the answer to that is yes. Um, Again, I'm the hitting coach and I I don't want to speak out of turn. Sure. But like, ideally y'all would like to have this play out to where three guys just emerge and you know who they are, but for now you don't have that luxury at all. Yeah. No, I think that, I think that's an accurate statement. I think like, if you look like our fans probably hate this program, but like Arkansas a year ago who won every single series, they were, the the easy number one team in the country until the super regional when they, when they got beat, they kind of did the same thing. Now they had the ultimate back end guy who won the golden spikes award and all of that. But, and then finally a Friday guy, Wicklander kind of rose to the top and, and became a true Friday guy. But Saturday and Sunday, they were exactly what, what we're doing. And they were that way all weekend until Wicklander proved that, Hey, I'm, I'm the guy on Friday. Um, and so I, I think there's some similarities and there's a blueprint, a little bit of success. And I give coach a ton of credit because it is certainly not in his nature um, to, to, to do it this way. Um, but I think it's the right thing with what our personnel is. Yeah. And Brandon the Johnson, right yeah. And Brandon Johnson isn't the Arkansas closer, but he's pretty dang good in his own right. So like, you're kind of following the same formula. Well, that's the thing. Some of that's the why he's not opening going- games. Even that's though he's right. winning, yeah, and and, and so, some of the frustrating thing for for me as the hitting coach is if you can get into those muddy games, meaning uh, 
you know, team gets out on a six, nothing. Well, you look up in the seventh inning and it's nine to seven. We're down nine to seven. Brandon Johnson is a guy who can throw every single day. Um, and so he's not the guy that closes on Friday and then is really sore on Saturday and doesn't feel like he can throw. He can throw like he can affect multiple games a weekend. Uh, not, not that he is, like you said, Kevin cops, which is the Arkansas guy from a year ago, but like he can bounce back like that. And so the frustrating thing for me as a hitting coach is if we can muddy up those games, BJ gets in the game and it's, it's wild. We we're halfway through our season almost. And we've only played a handful of close games and that guy's a big X factor at the back. And we need to, you know, we need to get him into more games. Now, obviously he was huge on Friday when we won the two to one game. And I remember us in the eight, seven game on Friday against uh, UCF where he was big. So I'm not saying he hasn't been effective or hasn't been in a position to have success, but if, if we can get in more of those games, now it's great when we're blowing people out and all of that, but uh, if we can get in more of those games, he can have a huge impact on this thing. Parker Crazy pretty much did the same thing, emerged like Brandon yeah. Johnson and then threw every single day, it seemed like in any game that mattered. So how do you keep a guy like that from his arm falling off? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think some of it is God given the the difference between BJ and Caracy, and I know you you weren't comparing them to this point. Is mm-hmm. Caracy was the riding fastball guy. He was more of Jack Doherty than what the what he is. BJ BJ's most effective when it's a three pitch mix. Now he throws really hard, um, but he has got a good changeup and a good breaking ball. His the analytics is that on less taxing. Fast- is that like less taxing on your arm or something? I think it depends on the guy, not necessarily some, for some guys it's more taxing. Um, but I think for him just by nature, ever since he's been here, he bounces back. And so that it's why you keep him on the back end because he's going to affect multiple games a weekend. Uh, I just think with him and his body type and how he bounces back, he's never had an arm injury uh, and all of that. Like he can bounce back and, and affect both. games. I don't think it's anything in particular because he's a three pitch mix guy or because he does this, uh, or because he drinks pickle juice or any, I don't think it's any of that. I just think it's the way he bounces back. But analytically, you're saying something analytically also um, points to something. Ana- analytically with BJ, like he throws really hard. And so he's going to be able to blow people up, but analytically his fastball is not like a special fastball. Mm-hmm. Um, and so his three pitch mix is really effective because guys want to cheat a little bit to get to 96 or however hard he's throwing and he's got a really good breaking ball. He can throw in the zone. He's got a really good changeup that he can throw in the zone. Uh, and he needs to be the three pitch mix guy, even though you look up at the radar gun on the scoreboard and it's really hard uh, for him to be most effective. He is, he's throwing all three pitches in the zone. Well, you're playing it by scouting report with the pitching rotation for every single weekend. Are you kind of doing that maybe to a lesser extent because you know, like who the guys are that you're going to put in the lineup, but like lineup construction, and the offense, is it kind of like that too, playing it by the scouting report, depending on who's in the lineup and where? Uh, yeah, yeah, probably the, the, where, where the pieces go. Yes. Um, and yeah, a couple, a couple pieces are dependent upon, you know, what, what the pitcher is. I'm way less of a right, left matchup guy, as you know, and I think you're, you're probably in the same boat. I am. Um, I am. I'll just announce it to the world. I'll yell it from a mountaintop. Splits like that, it just doesn't matter. Go ahead. That's right. Especially in college baseball. I get it when you have got, like, tens of thousands of bats under under your uh, under your belt as far as professional baseball goes. And who can like, call up? You can call up 80 more guys. Yeah, that's different. That's right. That's right. But uh, 
so to a lesser degree sometimes as far as but 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 as far as scattering report goes yes um that that is dictated a little bit on scattering report as far as where the pieces go you know if uh you know McCants is going to hit in the sick hole or bump bump you know camp up or whatever i guess there's a little bit of that that plays into it yeah all right one of the last things i meant to ask you when i was asking about the whole caracy brandon johnson usage type of thing so yeah. with in major league baseball it's a big no-no to throw back in guys just any pitcher back to back to back like that now granted you're not going every single day like major league baseball but why is it different as far as the conversation and usage of pitchers especially relievers in college yeah. baseball than major league baseball well, I think mostly because those guys play every day. Um, and so uh, it's a little bit, like you said, a little more taboo um, to throw guys for sure three days in a row. And, and you know what? Like, we don't do that a ton either. Like, I, uh, cops did it, but, uh, you know, I think the, it, now if it was a one-inning save, I think Brandon Johnson can roll out there three consecutive days because we can dictate, hey, you're not going to throw on Tuesday. And all of a sudden he's got like, five days of rest. That's right. Whereas yeah. Craig, Craig Kimbrell, you know, whoever he's pitched, I think he just got traded to the Dodgers. To the Dodgers. Yeah. The you Dodgers knew, you knew, don't lie. The Dodgers, yeah. the Dodgers aren't rolling him out there three consecutive days and they don't want to, because they may have to use him on Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever. Mm -hmm. We can dictate that a little more just because we have far more off days. I don't get it then. You see it all the time from like baseball America guys or well, not necessarily baseball America, but national guys, uh, a guy maybe in Omaha, like a cop's, pitches three days yeah. in a row and they'll say irresponsible irresponsible <laughs> and i would get if like drew pomeranz it was kind of irresponsible and i think mike would acknowledge this too but look the kid has a say as well you got to protect him but whatever it's a, it's a much more nuanced conversation funny story I got, okay. I got two stories that pertain to that one uh 2010 i'm the volunteer assistant at texas a&m rob childress is the head coach who i love to death um and we are in the Miami regional and we had a closer named John Stilson, John Stilson threw really, really hard. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Our fans don't know who John Stilson is, but he had thrown on back-to-back -back days in the regional and uh, Kyle Peterson, who was doing, you know, doing the game for ESPN comes up during BP in the championship game and asked Childress, Hey, is Stil Stilson's not available. Right. And he turned to him and said, I don't know. You better go ask Jim Callis who is the guy who was, I think it was Jim Callis. I probably shouldn't say anything. He's a national guy who was, to your point, crushing Childress for using him on back-to-back -back days and throwing a bunch of pitches and all of that. The second thing is this, that'll be way more pertinent to our fans. Last year, and I don't know if this story's ever been told, we get beat by Southern Miss in the regional uh, on Sunday night. So we're going to play the if necessary game on Monday, which everybody knows we won. Uh, we are sitting in coach's locker room after we get beat on Sunday, feeling sorry for ourselves or whatever. And coach we still have our uniforms on so it's like we had just got off the field coach's phone is buzzing it's a text message and he just reads it out loud he doesn't even say who it's from didn't have to said hey i am pitching tomorrow i don't care if i start i don't care if i close i don't care if i throw in the in the middle i am gonna pitch tomorrow i will be ready see you tomorrow and so it's nikhazy well what the heck are you supposed to do with that there's either going to be a fist fight in our dugout between Coach Bianco and Doug Nikhazy, which no one wants to see, or you're going to run him out there. Yeah, so, to I which a national it, person would say, well, the coach has got to protect him. Y'all aren't in that locker room, man. Y'all are fighting yep. for one singular goal to win a championship. It means – like, and yes, Drew Pomeranz understands the risk as well, but he has agency. He yeah. has agency to say, I want to pitch. And it, it's yep. so like it's much more nuanced than, oh, well, you've got to protect him. 
You got to protect yep. him. You're the coach. The hell do you know what, uh, it, what it's like right now as we're trying to win a championship? He wants to win uh, one too. Completely agree. No, we're on the same page. It's, uh, sorry, I'm done exactly ranting. Right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I think it's a good rant because I agree with you. Um, if I disagreed with you, I think it'd be a terrible rant. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> you were saying something I interrupted you. Have we just reached a stopping point at this point? No, yeah, we're at the awkward, weird, yeah. weird spot where you're supposed to, like, mm-hmm. whatever, do the sponsorship, whatever, the whole deal. I'll just do this. Hey, Mike, thanks for doing this, man. You're great. Awesome. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> love being on, man. That was Mike Clement, Ole Miss Baseball Heading Coach. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit, been on Twitter. No Bradley Sal today. He'll be back on Wednesday. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, Talk of Champions and iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. And this podcast can be found wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions in Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Music, wherever you get your podcast. We're there. Just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, an affiliate of on3.com. Let's go now to Jordan Watkins, Ole Miss wide receiver. An exclusive NIL partner is Jordan of the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, an affiliate of on3.com. But before we do, let me tell you about Alan Samuels, Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, and Cheney's Pharmacy, two more proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. Ah, it's springtime in Oxford again. Who doesn't love springtime in Oxford? Flowers bloom and the squares popping. Ole Miss baseball, a little Ole Miss spring football. It's honestly one of the best times of the year, so why not enjoy it? See all the beauty that Oxford has to offer in a brand new car, truck, or Jeep. Well, if you're in the market, the only place to go, Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. From new and used sales to parts and service, Alan Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. And what separates them from every other dealership in Oxford, Mississippi, as Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Most everyone who's listened to this podcast should know by now, this is the only place to go. And when you go, ask for Brian or Mason. Tell them Talk of Champions sent you and take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides by contacting them at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford, Mississippi. Alan Samuels, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. Finally, spring is back in Oxford, Mississippi. We can go outside, enjoy it. The beautiful weather in Oxford in the spring is like no other place in America. But don't be one of those people that get stuck in the house because you're sick. You need a pharmacy that will take care of you, will give you what you need, and you can go about your days filled with happiness and joy with the sun shining in your face in Oxford, one of the most beautiful places in America. Well, the only place to go, Cheney's Pharmacy, a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. Hands down. It's not close. So give Cheney's a call. 662-234-7221. Or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at cheneyspharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy. Much more than just a pharmacy. The signs of summer are here. 
freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head. And PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. He's Jordan Watkins, Ole Miss football wide receiver. Hey, buddy, what's up? Hey, what's going on? How are you? How are things going out there? I'm doing good. You know, things are going really well. Uh, I think I'm fitting into the system uh, kind of perfectly, I guess, as, as you would say. Um, but, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun out there. You're working in the slot. What's been the biggest differences schematically between Louisville and now uh, Ole Miss offensively? Um, I, you know, at, at Louisville, I really played, um, outside receiver. Um, you know, I kind of played a little bit of slot, just a little bit, not too much though. So, but I, I would say that the biggest difference for me, um, making the switch from like outside receiver to slot receiver is just really the, I would say it's really just the coverage, you know, just reading the coverage, uh, during the play, um, and all the different reads that you have to make, um, and like you said, that's just schematically as well, because at Louisville, um, we would have some plays that you would be able to read, but not all of them were read plays to where you could run different routes based off coverages. Um, but it seems like almost every play um, in this offense is like that. Uh, you always have a different read dependent on the coverage. So I think that's the biggest difference schematically uh, for me. Well, you've got a limited experience in a Lane Kiffin offense, having only been practicing for two weeks now. But what are your early impressions as far as what makes a good slot receiver in a Lane Kiffin offense? Um, you know, just like you, like I said before, just having the flexibility to run different routes based off coverages. I think that's the uh, I think that's the biggest thing that makes the slot so successful in uh, Lane Kiffin's offense because. You know, whether it, it doesn't matter what the coverage is, um, you can never really be wrong if you run the right route, you know. Uh, and I think that's what uh, that's what helps a lot with the slot being successful because, you know, like I said, you can't really be wrong with the read that you make as long as you and the quarterback are on the same page. Um, you know, you should kind of kind of be fine and everything works out. Yeah, for the last two years, the reason I bring it up, the last two years, Elijah Moore, Dontario Drummond moved to the slot. Did Dontario Drummond, after Elijah Moore left, 
And what did they do? Put up eye-popping numbers in this offense. So you know coming in from Louisville, this is kind of the wide receiver spot if you want to get numbers in a Lane Kiffin offense. That had to be a bit of a selling point for you too. Did they kind of talk to you about that? You know, um, they really didn't have to talk to me about it uh, as you would think because, you know, as a transfer, you kind of look at that look at that stuff yourself, you know. Um, I would say, you know, just – of course, they mentioned it a couple of times, um, and you know, like like I, I said previous um, before, that um, you know, you, you kind of whenever you come into play slot at Ole Miss, you kind of you kind of want to see what what prior slots have done, and and one of and one of the main ones that I watched was, like you said, Elijah Moore, um, who was a very versatile player. They were able to put him all over the field uh, in the backfield. You know, um, they were able to put him at running back sometimes, you know, all all the kind of neat tricks, the motions and the jet sweeps and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, they, they talked to me about that a lot of how they could use me um, in that fashion. And, uh, you know, and I've seen it to be to be proven true um, so far going into week three um, of spring ball. Well, it happens every single time. A good player goes out, balls out, puts up the numbers, goes and gets drafted, and every guy that comes after him, is he the next Elijah Moore? So what does it really mean to be that next guy? What do you? What do they need out of you at slot, basically? You know, I guess it's just, you know, they're, they're going to put you on. I guess when somebody says, you know, you're going to be the next Elijah Moore, or we need you to be that next Elijah Moore, that guy, um, I basically, basically what that means is that they're going to put you in the same opportunities they put him in, and basically you got to you got to execute to the level that he did. Um, you know, kind of like you said, uh, you're not Elijah Moore. You know, you're Jordan Watkins in my case, um, and nobody can be Elijah Moore except for Elijah Moore. Um, and so, whenever you look at that aspect, you got to think, okay, they're going to put me in the same opportunities that they put him in, like lining me up in the backfield or whatever the case may be, putting me a tight end or something like that, you know, be just being put in those opportunities to go make plays and be successful is what makes those guys so successful. And then once you do it at that point, you can put your own flavor onto it. Um, kind of like Elijah Moore did, you know, Elijah Moore has things that, um, things that I, he does really well and I have things that I do really well and like you said you can you know you can't really be Elijah Moore so just being put in those opportunities um like he was is is the game changer and you know you kind of look at it um with Elijah Moore leaving you know their their mindset was okay we got to find the guy that we can put in those opportunities that we can line up in the backfield that we can you know do the jet sweeps with and, and that guy was Don, uh, Don Terrio Drummond last year um, and hopefully I'm the guy this year that could uh, step up and, and, and be in those opportunities and make those plays. Yeah, from a very basic bottom line point of view, you expect to be fed the ball because those are the opportunities that are allowed from that spot and what they recruited you to. Yeah, Elijah Moore is going to get the ball because they're going to fit the offense. They're to scheme for him, get him open. They're going to feed him the ball through the context of the offense, and you expect that too. Yes, yes, 1,000%, you know. Uh, that that was definitely in the talks. You know, I, I definitely wouldn't have chose um, any school really if that wasn't the case. You know, because because coming from the uh, coming from Louisville, you know, I, I guess you could say I really just transferred because I felt like I wasn't being utilized enough, and I felt like I wasn't getting the ball enough. Um, that's just me. I mean, I came off like 35 catches for 500 something yards, 
And, you know, when you look at like other guys in the league and the ACC at that point, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of, uh, you know, it, it kind of takes a toll on you whenever you look at other leading receivers in the ACC guys that are in your conference and they have, you know, a hundred catches, 1300 yards, 1200 yards, you know, that it, it, it kind of, it kind of, it, it kind of just, you know, puts a, puts a dagger in you a little bit. And, you know, I just felt like I wanted the ball more. And definitely I feel like I can get the ball more in this offense and, you know, kind of Saturday uh, proved that in the scrimmage, you know, that I'm going to be utilized really well here um, at Ole Miss. And I'm hopefully going to be very successful if everything turns out. Well, the reason I bring it up is because we all fall victim to this where we put y'all in boxes as players. Well, Elijah Moore and Jordan Watkins, their same height or similar height, similar weight, similar build. So he's this type, he's that type, but you're all unique individuals having your own strengths and weaknesses. So for you, rather than be the next Elijah Moore, what does Jordan Watkins do best and where do you need to be better? Um, I think, well, let let me just start with where I need to be better. I think I need to be better at um, quickness. You know, if you go back and watch a lot of Elijah Moore's tape, um, you know, he's very quick. He's very sudden. Um, you know, he can kind of break down the defender really well. And, uh, I think that's where I need to excel at and get, and get better at. And, uh, you know, I think that'll take my game tremendously to the next level, um, to where I can be a lead at that point. And, uh, you know, you just, just kind of, um, what's well, in yeah, the bag. Kind of, what do you know you got in the bag? Um, yeah, definitely. You know, like I said, I'm, I'm very fast. Um, you know, I'm very fast, you know, quick, I think that quickness and fast are kind of two different things a lot of people compare them to being the same, but in reality, they're really not. Um, quick is more like twitchy. Um, but fast is more vertical speed. I I would say I'm very fast. Um, and I can definitely run the deep ball, but also my, my knowledge of the game, you know, just reading coverages and being, being able to get open, um, and understanding what's going on, you know, and being, you know, kind of like a safety blanket for the quarterback, um, that he knows I'm going to be in the right spot um, when he needs me to be. Um, and, and just being able to have that, that, that speed, you know, that the offense needs. Um, and I think that's where I really excel at. Um, you know, it kind of puts defenders on their toes of what I'm going to do next because of my vertical quickness, um, you know, kind of, it just, it just makes them scared. Um, so it gives me more room to kind of, kind of, you know, balance out my game a little bit and, and, you know, just keep the defenders on their toes. Yeah, fast and quick, that's a distinction that needs to be made because wide receivers, y'all need quickness, especially in short areas more uh, than than quite possibly anything because that's where you win, right there in that short area. So getting quick right. in your movement to get breaks, is that kind of what you're talking about? Yeah, a little bit, you know, and just kind of one-on-one tackling, you know, just I think that's where quickness helps a little bit is whenever – you know, say, say I'm going on a jet sweep and, you know, I got to get outside, but then one of my uh, blockers kicks him out. You know, I got to be able to be quick enough to hit that hole before it closes, you know, to where people can't, um, you know, come in there and tackle me. I think that's where the separation lies and just being, you know, one-on-one open field tackling. I think that quickness helps a little bit because you're able to break that defender down and make a miss. Well, what's the post-scrimmage report in the locker room? When y'all watched the film, what was the report y'all got back? You know, I think uh, I think a lot of the coaches were pleased um, with how the first scrimmage kind of went. Um, you know, obviously there's, there's, there's tons of room for improvement there. Um, 
and 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 you know whenever you go back and watch all the tape, there's tons of room for improvement. And I think the players see that, and I think the uh, the coaches see that as well. But I think our production uh, at the scrimmage on Saturday was really well. Um, you know, I think a lot of the guys are pleased that we're um, at where we where we're at right now. Um, for us only being second week of spring. Um, you know, you kind of go go back and look at it, and you know, you you got to be pleased at the production that we put from offense and defense. Um, I know one of the biggest questions probably right now is the receiver room, and we and we know that, and I think that we gotta and we gotta keep making strides to be the, one of the best receiver um, cores in the country. Is there any area that surprised you with how quickly it's come along? Um, I definitely think the receiver group uh, as a whole, you know, kind of came along really well, you know, kind of losing um, two really big time receivers, um, you know, last year. And then having some guys on the field that really haven't played at all, you know, that kind of really hadn't had that college experience yet as far as the football field goes. And, um, you know, whenever you have a young, a young group, you know, it's kind of hard just to, cause it's kind of hard just to rely on them really because you don't know, how how kind of they're gonna be because they don't have that experience and I think as as like as a receiver and in, in a receiver room you gotta have experience because there gotta there there has to be a guy on the field that that kind of you know controls the room a little bit and and we have that guy you know myself and Mingo um, you know both both of us being older guys um, it really helps and I think it's I think it's you know, kind of caught wave a little bit. And uh, I think we're going to be really successful. But then you look at the running back room too. I think, you know, the running back room is going to be super special with the new transfer we just got. And then Zach Evans, of course. Um, I think I think that's come along really well. And then Q, the freshman, he's he's been playing unbelievably well, um, especially for a freshman. I who's think that, who's I think that? Who'd been, you say? We call him Q, um, the new freshman that came in number four. He's oh, Qu- he's, um, Quinshawn Judkins, huh? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's came along really well, and I think that he's going to be special. Uh, he has he has a, a natural God given ability just to be a football player, and he showed that a lot. So, um, you know, I think that's come along really well. You've been catching passes from them, so your perspective's a little skewed. I want you to use that, but put on your uh, talent evaluator's hat. Put on your scouting hat. The two-week report on Jackson Dart so far has been what? You can be fair. You can give the good and the bad. What's been the report if you're the evaluator, Jordan Watkins, on Jackson Dart through two weeks? Yeah, you know, Jackson's special. You know, like like he's, he's still young. You know, he still only has a year under his belt of college. Um but, but, and that, and that shows a little bit, you know, just kind of with, um, <clears throat> just kind of, uh, just, I think whenever he, I think that his biggest thing that he needs to work on is kind of just whenever he makes a mistake, you know, just kind of not getting down on himself a little bit because as a quarterback, you know, everybody's kind of looking at you, um, for kind of all the answers. And I know that has to be hard, but you know, that, that's just, what comes with the position is that everybody's looking at you and stuff goes wrong. Um, and I think that that's something that he really needs to work on for himself is just, <clears throat> you know, being positive whenever stuff doesn't always go your way. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's an exceptional quarterback. 
Um, he throws the deep ball really well. You know, he just throws the ball really well in general. Um, if you watch him, you know, his mechanics is really good. But, uh, you know, I think that I think that he's going to be pretty special and our team's going to be pretty special as well. Um, you know, but, but that's my that's my two-week evaluation on him. What's your two-week evaluation of Luke Altmaier? Yeah, you know, Luke, Luke, Luke's kind of the same way, really. Um, they, they're both very similar. You know, Luke goes a really good deep ball. I think uh, Luke's a lot more calm than Jackson is a little bit, you know, kind of, kind of a calm, cool and collective kind of guy um, is Luke. But like I said before, you know, just kind of, kind of working on, um, you know, whenever, whenever stuff goes wrong, um, you know, just kind of being that guy that calms everything down. Cause I think if you look at it, if you go back and watch a lot of the tape and go back and go back and watch a lot of the TV copies, of uh matt corral you know whenever there's a mistake made you know he's always on the sideline getting his guys right and uh, making sure everybody's you know kind of on the same page a little bit just kind of being that coach um that's not really a coach um and i think that's and i think that's the next steps that we have to take as far as the quarterback room goes i think that's the next step that needs to come but like i said he throws the deep ball really well um his mechanics are really good but i think that they're kind of very similar quarterbacks well, in that battle, in that race, who's ahead after two weeks, according to Jordan Watkins? I, I can't really tell you. Um, is that you know, even for you? you is that, that even? It's, it is. Um, it really is that even. You know, they, they both bring a lot of good stuff to the table. And I, I'm, and I think I think the, the quarterbacks are going to have – I mean, the, the coaches are going to have a tough decision on their hands whenever it comes to making that final decision of who is the starting quarterback. He's Jordan Watkins, Ole Miss wide receiver, transfer from Louisville, now wearing number eleven, not number one. Has that have you gotten used to that yet? Because it's been an adjustment. Uh, You're eleven. Yeah, I have. Okay. Yeah, All right. I, have. I was worried about you, Jordan. I, I knew that was a really hard experience for you. It was. It was. I'm so I'm so used to people calling me Uno or Stick, and now people I got to get used to people calling me Sticks. I guess that's the thing for eleven is Sticks. So I got to get used to that. I like that. I like Sticks. I don't know if it's going to fit, but Sticks, yeah. Yeah, Sticks Watkins doesn't really roll off the top. <laughs> it doesn't really roll off. No. Eh, it doesn't work. He's Jordan Watkins. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Appreciate you. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.